Marco's emails. Marco's emails. Marco's? Marco's emails from Idle Thumbs. Your host. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. <laughs> With our, our host, Marco, not Marco Rubio, but we record it <laughs> in the Emeryville Rubios. <laughs> It's March 30th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 256. I'm Chris Remo. <laughs> I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Chris, I saw you savor that Power yeah. of Two I know, episode I just number. Realized, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, two to the eighth. We all know. You, a lot of programmers in this room. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this episode. It's a number that means something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, the dimensions yeah. of this to episode will compress down into a nice uh, DXT texture. <laughs> wow. I don't even. That's too deep a pull for me. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, I. Oh, what? You don't have to make your textures as power of two squares so they render quicker oh, on hardware? But I don't know what it, yeah, I'm aware of that, but I don't know what a DXT texture is. It's a, it's a computer game file. All right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome to this podcast. This is this is being recorded uh, four days in the past relative to when you're listening to it. Don't spoil that. Because Jake is in Hawaii right now. But through the magic of... I am? Interdimensional... You are. ...travel... How's Hawaii, Jake? We're recording it before he left. Yeah. It's probably good. Yeah, it's probably all right. I was there like two weeks ago, and it was pretty good. It's probably That's right. You good. guys have both been, or yeah. you went to Hawaii yeah. two weeks ago. Jake will now be going to a roughly of the same. That's like half a mile away from where yeah. Jake will be. Yeah. Yeah. If that. And I have been to that portion as well. Yeah. So we're all visiting that portion. Aren't we cool. I played a bunch more of that Hitman game. I played that Hitman game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what that is that what that Hitman game is called? That Hitman. It might as well be. I, I mean, it's called so. I realized that it's called Hitman mm. without any subtitle or number, and then it's an episodic game in which the episodes also don't have names or numbers. Well, you know, they can get away with that because the first Hitman game was called Hitman Codename 47. I yeah, I know. <laughs> so they were they were thinking ahead for the reboot. I they know, knew. They name, knew but I just mean it's like, oh, have you played yeah. Hit, Hitman? Like, oh, right, the new Hitman. Like, wh- yeah. I played the new, new, hit, the new episode of the new Hitman. Like, there's no way to be any more specific. I guess you can say the name of the city. Right, and that would that would cover it. Each each expansion, I guess, I guess so, is yeah. going to be one right. city's yeah. worth. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, last week I talked about, um, which is weird to say because it was only like three days ago. But last week, um, I play. I had talked about playing the two uh, introductory like tutorial missions, thinking that the second one of those was the actual real mission until I finished it and realized, oh, there's a, another real mission. And then I played the real one, which is the one that everyone's actually talking about because it's the, and it's, I had thought the two tutorial missions were actually pretty full featured. And I think they, I still think they are. Um, But the Paris one, which is set in a like fashion show that is serving as a front for a sinister cabal of, for a hitman level, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Um, that is an amazing it's hitman gorgeous. level, I think. Also, it's gorgeous and just like but, huge and complex and everything's yeah. interconnected in a really so, crazy so way. So one thing I want to mention up front, actually, um, there we were kind of, we didn't really know the answer to this question on the last podcast, but as it turns out, there are a lot of options in the settings for every specific hint type yeah, mechanic. Yeah, right. Um, you can set the like... Um, whatever the objective thing to like full and then like sometimes and then completely yeah, off. Right. So th- there are those um, things called opportunities where yeah, you can overhear called, yeah. NPCs talking about something in the world. And then as a result of that, you will become aware of 
a like particular angle you can use to achieve the assassination. Yeah. And yeah, you can turn those off entirely and like rely just on yourself to like overhear them and figure out what you have, what you have to do. Or you can have them fully turned on, in which case it the game tracks them and gives you objective markers. Mm-hmm. Or you can have it in the middle where the game tracks them but doesn't give you the objective markers to like walk you through it. Right. And that's what I'm on right now. I'm on the, the middle mm-hmm. one currently. Okay. Um, I, I might switch to off though now that I've already played through that level an entire time. Well, there's also the instinct thing which lets you right. basically see through walls and see every person and right. highlights the specific like Whether the actual, the actual yeah. like, you know, objects and people that have yeah. mechanics attached to them. Um, and you can set that on and off and just yeah. bas- basically everything. Yeah. It's, they kind of did the Deus Ex thing where it's right. just like, all right, you can turn off the highlights if you want to. It's it's just going to make it harder for you. It's not going to change your like score or anything, right? Um, which I like. I like that. Approach. Yeah, I, I like it too. And I think I w- I think that so I didn't play the previous Hitman game, which was I guess Hitman Absolution. Yeah. Um, I didn't play that one, so I don't really I can't really speak to what that one was like. But I feel like if I were playing a traditionally released game where the whole thing is just a campaign and you play through it all in a row. Um, I feel like I I wouldn't like that all this stuff defaults to being super on, mm. but I kind of don't mind it in this structure. The reason being, the expectation seems to be you are really, at least you have the option to really mine these levels out and try a bunch of stuff. And so it feels like, okay, you can progressively make this a... Did less you, compromised experience. Did you guys try? Someone on the forums wrote about this about the escalation missions inside of this. I saw that on the forums, and I had not even. Should I? So this game was really weird. Should I just yeah, read this thread? It. Yeah, yeah, sure, uh, yeah. It's written by a user on the idle forums called the FN Crow, and this is. Um, uh, they talk about this escalations thing, and then they make an interesting point that I think you were starting to get at, Chris, about the about the episodic nature of this, where he says, or he or she, I don't know. Uh, says the game also has these missions called escalations which are really interesting they're structured as a set of five missions all on the same map when you start the escalation it'll give you an objective like kill the guy with weapon b while wearing disguise c you do it and exit mission over uh, then it goes to the second mission which will ask you to do the same thing but now you have to fetch the contents of a safe each successive mission will add another target or another objective or more conditions. For example, uh, the escalation on that Russian military base tutorial has you killing this one guard on level three, uh, and there's a fairly simple way to kill this guy via an accidental death. Then you go up to level four, and it adds a condition that all bodies must be hidden within 90 seconds of your kill and cannot be seen, so the simple accidental death doesn't work anymore because there's no way to hide the body after you've made him fall to his death, so you have to calculate a new plan to enter or to integrate this new win condition. Uh, and then they say the episodic nature of the game seems so weird at first, but playing it, it feels somewhat natural. If you got this released like a traditional game, you'd play each of these scenarios once and move on. Releasing the game episodically like this encourages people to replay the same level and actually use all the options the level has available. I totally get this structure after playing it. Yeah, and like, I think that like that escalations thing feels like it is them deliberately trying to incentivize you to run through and, and have to engage with all of the different variants of the yeah. level or, or they pick the subset of them to highlight to you that there are different things that you can or have to do. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. No, it's cool because a hitman level has always been more complex than, yeah. Like you said, like you basically play through it once you would think, Oh, I did the You're thing. Like, I did it then, right. I got yeah, the I end. did it right. I, yeah. I solved the puzzle and then you move on. Um, but probably a lot of effort goes into making each of these things feel like there are a billion options and you may as well just, yeah, like 
allow that to be its own give kind people of like, an opportunity yep, to sort of mire multiplayer in it. map yeah. almost where H- it's Hitman just saying a, like yeah. okay there are a lot of different things you can do with this setup and then we'll just make different games out of it yeah. hitman is a very very interesting and not <clears throat> certainly not entirely unique i would say something like deus ex is basically mm-hmm. in this in this zone as well but a very unusual and like i think rarely um executed type of systemic game design where it's very very high on the like emergent systemic property driven gameplay side but also really high on the bespoke interaction like we're scripting something that works specifically if you do this one thing with this one other thing and only with this person um at this time like a lot of games have the latter you know adventure games and um more narrative oriented games with systems in them. And then a lot of games have the former, you know, I think traditional mm-hmm. stealth games like metal gear solid or something. Yeah. Um, or just games that aren't stealth games at all. A lot of shooters work like that. Uh, it's r- so crazy to, that they go so deep in both directions where like everything in the level, all the people and the disguise, the outfits, disguises and the items and the weapons and all this other stuff all works together in a property driven way that you can just combine stuff and stuff can collide with one another and you can get those like failure cascades or interesting, cool accidents. But then also there's all this incredibly like one off, mm-hmm. like, ah, this crazy thing you can do that Man. we've allowed for specifically. Okay. This is not, a, this is not a fantastic example of, a, of a, what you're describing, uh-huh. but I have to bring it up. So did yeah. you, so in the Paris level, yeah. Did you happen to see the uh, the camera crew out in front of the of the uh-huh. sort of like chalet? Did did you mess around with them at all? No. Oh my god. Well, first of all, Chris Remo, as being you, you have to. Uh, <laughs> so like, there's this just camera crew, and they're just like recording like you know B roll or whatever yeah. for their like news broadcast, and I'm just listening to their sort of like you know eavesdropping conversation tree and. I just happen to like walk between them, not even thinking about it, and they just go like, "Oh, jeez, cut! What a jerk! Thanks, buddy. Whoa! All right, all right, we're gonna go again. Okay, we're going again, and we're here live." And I was just like, "All right, I'm doing this," and I just walked through them again. They're like, "What the hell's your problem? What is this guy? What is going on? This fucking guy?" And it was, oh my god, it was so good. Then they just finally gave up, and then you I didn't followed then them. choke one of them out. Yeah, no, I, I started to follow them, and then they went back to like their like broadcast van and it was just like oh man this is this is exactly what you want from this game you mm-hmm. want like stupid things like that yeah, yeah. to just be like hiding in the le- like in yeah. the corners of the levels and then finding them yeah. and then realizing oh these people i can probably like disguise myself yeah, as this for guy sure. eventually and yep. you can pick up his and camcorder like, actually yeah and like walk around with and it and there's probably right, and this exactly goes to the all that bespoke stuff because there's probably someone in that level who's waiting for the camera person who will then yeah. let you in oh yeah an area totally because of that oh there's yep. gonna be like oh finally yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hitman levels are full of shit like that. And like, then I uh, want the Hitman guy to just say, like, okay, and three, two, one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want, like, the... Well, I get yeah. a lot of mileage. Hitman games get a lot of mileage out of the, like, frantic person with something to do talking to you yeah. and you not responding. Yep. And them mm. just being like, oh, finally you're here. Okay, look. Get out, oh, do you right. need anything? No, you're all set? Okay, great. Let's, you know. They- <laughs> but what Nick's dream, though, is the version where you then have to be the camera guy and then the Hitman goes, <laughs> the hitman just- oh, jeez. <laughs> yep. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing? I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Gotta try this again. <laughs> yeah. Stupid guys in the shot. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he's the hitman. Yeah, he is the hitman. Yeah, I the way that I play these he's levels, hitman. I'm, <laughs> I am so uh, just this is the way I play any stealth game, or even something like Dishonored, which is a stealth game, but like you know a different kind of certainly a different kind of stealth game. I am so like conservative and cautious. Mm. I have by the time I had finished the the Paris level, I had probably dressed up as like every category of person God, you know what i in love that about that fucking too? building in the first training mission like you dress up as somebody and then your like handler or whatever comes over the radio and she's like wow you dressed up as someone what yeah, that's like, that's very unorthodox like, good new, for you yeah. wow that's really interesting yeah and then you dress up as another guy and she's like well i didn't think you'd do that but like wow you're really quite the hitman and i'm like well i guess so <laughs> <laughs> what? That's all you do in this game. You just missed well, your dress up. Like, I, don't I mean, it's just a joke in the fact that that is like the prequel. That's like 20 yeah, years earlier. So the idea it's is just like, so funny that like, well, I, I know yeah. I like the idea. And I, that I also love the stuff where they're she, like, they're a training organization for assassins, like a yeah. training and contract. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're the one who apparently introduced right. this like method that he will then use constantly. God, for did you hear about 47? He's like dressing up as everybody. <laughs> he just like takes all their clothes. What a genius. <laughs> like what? <laughs> It's his unique style. Yeah, yeah. It's 47 style. <laughs> I like the I like the, the old 47 they call the it. The thing that that reveal so the thing that that suggests is that in this universe I think that if you just play the Hitman games before that that little prologue thing was released it's like oh this is just in this weird mm. exaggerated world of assassination it's like Mission Impossible how they all have the crazy masks. Right, yeah. It's like right, oh, right, this right. is just a thing that happens. People yeah. just like dress up and it's just like how it works in this world. <laughs> nope. Turns out it's just this one guy, this one weird, <laughs> yeah. bald, like super serious guy. Right. Just his deal is dressing up as people all the time. Yeah. And like everyone was surprised by it at first, but it's just what he does. I think Nick's right though that, that the picture that it does paint is that people were like, oh wow, man, you could be a way better hitman if you just dress up as the guy. <laughs> and now like in 2016, everyone dresses up. Sure, that was a watershed yeah. moment in oh, our yeah, assassination. No. Like people... He's in that legend. school after you watch the tape of that right. over and over yeah, again yeah, like, that's wow, true. look at that yeah. yeah he just sort of walked into that he came back oh, is that guy i thought it was yeah, the guy but yeah. it was turned out it was yep. the, it was him everyone shaves their head now he just yeah. stood in that bathroom until somebody walked in and then he stole his clothes what a genius <laughs> all you do is stand in the bathroom for like a half an hour you just let them come to you you get another guy's clothes from that yeah people think you're that guy yeah yep just yeah. hide in the closet for a while. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? God, I just killed everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I the, when I finally beat the Paris mission, I I had I got so many bonus points for like all the different like dress up as this unusual mm. character and like do this crazy thing and like find this information because I just like cased the place in an intense way. Um, and and I got twenty thousand. I don't actually know if this is a high number of bonus points or not, but I got twenty thousand bonus points from all this stuff. And then I lost twenty thousand bonus points for murdering four non-targets, <laughs> and I and I came out exactly at zero points. <laughs> like that's like I carbon got, offsets, though, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah, because that's in true. this world, dressing up as people again is seen as like really elegant. Yeah. But murdering people as an assassin now, totally out of fashion. Yeah, yeah. like why would you murder anybody? <laughs> Well, also in the when you uh, can dress up as yeah. in the, assassin uh, culture has changed. <laughs> in the Paris mission, like I feel like this doesn't really count as a spoiler because there's so many no. different ways you could do this. Like I followed the the female. There are two targets in the in the um, Paris mission: uh, uh, a man and a woman. And I followed the woman around for so long while dressed as a sheik who is like one mm. of the VIP guests of the thing, which is cool because she would like occasionally like. 
have conversations with you or like other people you bump into someone that'd be like hey watch it buddy and then they would like notice like oh my oh, god yo, you're oh, oh. i'm sorry yeah um, which is really good like that stuff is so well done it's yeah. really impressive um but i just followed her around forever and she just never ended up in a alone yeah because she always has some, like both targets like she, the guy has like a full-time bodyguard and then she is just like always surrounded by just people because she's in a, a public like a semi-public area mm-hmm it's a private area, but it's like there are a lot of other people in that private area. And uh, and so I eventually just like went out onto a railing, waited for her to walk to the bar and then shot her in the head with a silenced pistol from an angle where nobody could <laughs> see me. Right. It was it was <clears throat> so, 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 so nerve wracking. Yeah. And then I just flipped over the railing. So I was hanging mm. like off the side of the building from the other side of the railing. And all the security guards were like, what the fuck? Where is he? And they're like, they're <laughs> running around and I'm like. 12 inches away from Man, that, but it was they, so they didn't cool. have the guard who was smart enough to look over the edge i guess yeah well i think they thought i was inside um mm. i ran outside i was like nice. on an, yeah I, I was actually i wasn't when i shot her i was not over the railing yet but i dashed out it was i don't know it was it was just That's really awesome. intense and That's felt good. really cool and it was like a really good payoff <laughs> to that thing and then i just and then i dumped the chic clothes and dressed up as like a waiter or something and then yeah classic yeah. The 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 guy the other target has a bodyguard following him all the time, yeah. and I took out that bodyguard and dressed up as him, um, but he didn't recognize me, and he just immediately got a new bodyguard. It was really crazy. Like hmm. a guy basically just came out of the woodwork and started tailing him instead of the other guy, and I was like, holy shit! Like I thought, I thought I was gonna totally get that guy like alone. But yeah, but I'm sure he's just like you're just a guy in a suit. You're not my bodyguard. Yeah, like please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the but the so that part was like whatever. That part happens in the game yeah. all the time. Like people can recognize you. Yeah. But the the part about yeah, it actually happened well, the way you'd mm-hmm. want it to happen in life, where a totally inconspicuous guy just like came out of the crowd and was now his bodyguard. Yeah. Like, Holy shit, that was cool. One thing I like is that those um sort of like I don't know NPC types, I guess like yeah. like the categories of people you can dress up as that. Um, so like if you're dressed up as a security guy, uh, everybody else who isn't a security guy will just go like, oh, that's a security guy. But all the other security guys will see you and go like, wait, he's not in our, some of them will, some of them, some of them, but I'm just saying like, it's by category. So like, it's really interesting because it's like, wait a minute, this guy isn't like on our team. Yeah. And I just, I like that there's that like, oh yeah, it's really well done. They, they realize like, oh, you're not part of like Mm -hmm. the police force because there are only like five cops here. And like, why would they? The overlapping, like access into certain areas. Yeah. The way that like, that not totally evenly, but like in a staggered way overlaps with the knowledge of the individual members of those groups is really well done. So how does the, like the objective thing actually work? Because the way that I play that level, um, I had the objectives turned off, but then I had the instinct thing still turned on just because it was so large and I just was just wanted to see. Yeah, get I through leave the once. instinct on, but I didn't find myself using it very much in Paris. Well, so I used it once and I, it pointed me to um, like a guy who was like a mechanic type guy who, as it turns out, you're supposed to dress up as him and use that to that like do a thing. That was probably the result of one of the opportunities that you overheard. Right. But okay, so I walked up to that guy and I was like, oh, this guy's red. I'm going to shoot him in the face. And so I shot him in the <laughs> face and it was just like mission over. Re- Wait, tr- really? Try again. Why was it over? I, I Because I killed that guy and apparently I needed to do that thing. What and mission I was, was this? This was the Paris mission. 
it was really like, huh? Like I maybe it was because it was the first time I played it, and maybe they wanted me to do it in a specific way. Yeah, I actually don't know why that would happen. But it was it was really jarring and Hmm. kind of like I've never encountered that before. Yeah, it was really strange. And I've definitely killed restart or yeah. Yeah. I mean, just I think it was because he was like a like a unique. I know, but you shouldn't need him to be alive to do the mission. Like I didn't interact with that guy at all. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, that's the thing because I'm sure there's another way to do it. Oh yeah, there's tons of. I mean, like basically, I mean, there's a huge number of. Yeah. Ways to do it. Yeah. The first training mission, the way I completed it was just being a buffoon for like 30 minutes and not knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> and then, so like I had killed or I'd like knocked out like three or four like of the, you know, this was the, um, the mission where you're on a boat, you're on a, like a ship yeah. in the harbor with the helicopter on the roof. Um, and I had knocked out like three guys had stolen their clothes and they were just kind of hiding in like a private room. And then I started tailing the objective guy. Uh, who's just like, I guess, a businessman of some repute. And I was just following him and he just opened the door and it happened. He was like, um, let's let's go in the back room and talk to some other like shady business guy. And he just opens the door and there are like three bodies on the ground. And he was just like, huh? Oh, oh. And then he turns around and I was like, oh, he's just going to run away now or something. And he just turns and looks at me and he's like, who are you? And I was like, what? And so I just walked into the bathroom and he followed me in there. He's like, who are you? And I was like, I'm here to kill you. And I just shot him in the face and then walked out. And that was how I completed it. It was like very crazy, very strange. That's pretty good. That's a good. That's a good. I love that guy demanding to know who you are after seeing three dead guys. Yeah, you could put that together probably. (laughs) Yeah, except that Nick followed him into the room. The guys were already in the room when Nick. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. He just happened upon them, but then I also happened to be like right behind him, dressed as like a ship's something, like a cook or something. Yeah. And he just turned and was like, wait a minute. Why are you looking at me looking at these bodies? And I was like, I don't know. I got to go to the bathroom. And I walked to the bathroom and killed him. Yeah. It was really strange. Anyway, it's it's a, I don't know. I There are some weird quirks. It, it feels very much like a Hitman game where it runs really slowly on my computer. And then also, well, mine runs totally well, there's but, some yeah. weird like but you have that frobbing. sick rig. Yeah. There's some weird like frobbing issues with doors and things that have gotten me yeah, killed. That's and, stuff, like, yeah, definite that's frobbing that's issues. That's definitely yeah. infuriating. But my, I it was, it like, was infuriating, but I was trying to like I kind of associate that with a hitman a, game. I know, but it's still <laughs> annoying. Like yeah. I was trying to escape on a helicopter um, after you the Paris mission, it. and there were like guards twenty feet away, and I'm just and they were doing their patrol, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, and there was the little like press G to exit. Yeah. But it was one of those things where you have to be in the exact right place, looking mm. in the exact right <laughs> direction, and I'm like right next to the door of the helicopter, and I'm like, go, 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 and I'm yep. you know you press forward a little bit and your guy lurches forward more yeah. than you want him to. And yeah. just that kind of thing. It's really hard in a video game. I know that because yeah. I just worked on one where we had those exact same issues. It's really mm-hmm. difficult, but like, but in a game like that, in where a game it's like so this, reflex yeah. based, Oh my, or not reflex based, but time based. Yep. Anyway, um, what do you think? So everything about the episode, we've talked a, a bit about a bunch of the th- sort of potential um, wins in the episodic format. Do you feel like for you that stuff is a th- like an actual real plus and you're going to, to avail yourself of it? Or is that like a theoretical like, oh, it allows you to play in this like super in-depth way, but I'm not actually going to. I'm just, you know, going to play it once wait. or twice and then that's it. Because um, I, I, for me, <clears throat> I could see it going either way and I don't know yet. I could probably see it going either way. I think the thing that's really odd about this game is just how... 
uh, difficult it is to even know what the game I is. I the, totally the agree. Menu and it's 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 not something you think about very often. Menu design, but I guess when you're designing something that has all of these components, <laughs> some in people it, it think about probably, it. Well, yes, well, but I, I mean, I, you know what I'm saying though. Like, yeah, for an, for a game like this where you're where there, are, I'm trying to think of a sort of analogous so, game. Okay, well um, here here's one for you. Yeah. Um, Anno, the most recent Anno was it Anno 22? Oh yeah, whatever. Which was right. the most recent one? Uh, 22, uh, I don't know. Yeah. 2205. Yes. Yeah. That ga- the reason I think that that's a, a, a good analogy or a, a good sort of comparison is because that is also a game with this like always on mm. sort of platform. They want it to feel like yeah. a platform where you're and it has the exact same problem with menus that this Hitman game does where everything are these weird big blocks where it's like you're in this mode now and I'm like I just want you to tell me what are the ch- parts of this yep. game that I can play like I didn't the thing know... is I would play them probably yeah me too if it didn't feel there's kind a of gross whole and... user yeah. creation ecosystem yeah thing. I, I, had I had no, no idea. idea yeah, yeah. The, the menus are so strange and so like hard unintuitive and like they don't just tell you what is all in the game it, I it's, felt the same it way feels about... like it's designed for like an MMO player yeah. who already knows every single nook and cranny of the entire game. Yep. And I just I have I didn't even know this game existed a week ago. So like I felt the same way about GTA five when I wanted to just dip into that for like a couple of hours and play the multiplayer stuff because I just I had no interest in the single player, but I just wanted to kind of check out like what's the social club <laughs> stuff and like what are these weird modes and things. It was really difficult to understand how any of it worked. And I kept like Googling, like, how do you like, you know, join a game? Like, how do you do any of this stuff? And it's this weird like sub game, you know, the multiplayer is like separate. And then you go into this thing and they're like all these menus and just weird ways of joining multiplayer games that you're just not used to. It's like very specific to that game. Yeah. And sometimes if you can figure it wrong, like a weird guy shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Like with this game, like I feel like. I'll probably I'll probably do like the the sort of challenge modey stuff like wh- right. whatever they're called. But um, I'd be curious to try some user missions, yeah, and see if they're they're all just like eight hundred super crazy like super right. perceptive guys all around you all the time. You know, is it that? Is it the like big game hunters like of <laughs> you know of Hitman? I hope so. <laughs> uh, I would do they like. I have no idea what this thing is. Did they release a tool that you can actually just like? No, I mean, it's or is in it just sort of configuration I thing? I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, Nick, you you mean Nick? How do how do people author this content? Yeah, is it just a series of kind of like chunky, you know, swapping out things, or is it just there's an actual like everyone's fat in my version? <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> Big head mode. <laughs> I didn't even I, I didn't even see it in the game until last night when I accidentally like encountered it in these menus. Mm. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really weird. But yeah, it is a bummer. It's it's got one of those sort of um and I do kind of associate it with Ubisoft games at this point. That's sort of like like really sluggish main menu that just feels like everything is an enormous image, but then there are like 50 of them and they're all under different tabs and you just can't make sense of any of it and you just yeah. And here's a problem. I mean, here's a to answer your question, problem. I wish this was a traditional Hitman game in some ways. Like, I wish it was just Blood Money, where it was a, a campaign, but then when you got through it, it just let you All replay the, the levels, yeah. and then there were different, like, challenges within those levels in the way that, like, I don't know, like, Just Cause 3 or something would just, like, okay, lets so, you do a thing and then creates different challenges out of that same thing. So Hitman Absolution apparently had these user contracts, too. Oh, By weird. the way, <clears throat> this is actually a huge, shitty thing about the fact that this game is just called Hitman. You cannot search for things about it on the internet. Mm. It is impossible. I'm searching for, like, Hitman 
user contracts, and I'm getting all this shit about the game's Hitman contracts, mm. which was a game, yeah, and good. Hitman Absolution contracts. Like, yeah. fuck off. It's really, this reboot thing is really dumb. Like, no, like what? I don't understand the the point of it. I really don't. I guess they want it. They want this to feel like the um, this is like the 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 Hitman platform. I don't know, Jake. You and oh, I were yeah, talking maybe. about that yesterday. Yeah, I, I bet part of it also is uh, if you call it Hitman, then people don't need to worry about whether or not they played the previous Hitmans. I know. I'm sure that's a big thing, uh, and that's that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they, they but probably... also Bethesda called Fallout Three Fallout Three. Yep. And oh yeah. Ninety nine percent. Grand Theft Auto Three and game. Fallout Three and the Elder Scrolls X. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, no one cares. Um, people just get very concerned that people might care. Um, I mean, people do care, but you can overcome it, as evidenced by some of our biggest game franchises were not yeah. our biggest game franchises until the third or fourth mm-hmm. ones. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that this Final is fantasy. Anything. Yeah. I I do bet that that this is an attempt at like. Probably part of why they're not numbering the episodes and part of why they just call it Hitman is because they're hoping that this can become the living Hitman platform. Like, they probably are yep. hoping this can be Hitman Dota yeah. um, or Hitman Left for Dead. Like, the thing Chris and I were talking about the other day was uh, I, I postulated that maybe at some point if this uh, is, is popular for long enough, they'll just say fuck it and put Hitman Blood Money missions inside of mm. this Hitman yeah. the same way that Valve, like Left 4 Dead 1 was a retail product and <clears> Left 4 <throat> Dead 2 they shipped very deliberately as a platform mm-hmm. and at a certain point they just started backporting Left 4 Dead 1 yep. missions into it because like, oh, our systems, the Left 4 Dead 2 systems are a superset of Left 4 Dead 1. We could just put Left 4 Dead 1 back into this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this would I, definitely be a bigger deal than that. They'd probably have to just they'd re- have to remake it. it all, but that would still be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I I don't expect they like are doing it. Loved beloved missions would be like great too. Yeah, it's actually the first thing I thought of when I yeah. heard this was like an episodic thing. I was like, oh, surely there's going to be return to whatever. There's going to be the de dust. Uh, yeah. yeah, mansion, like the suburban hit, level, mansion. and like yeah. the, all yeah. that stuff. All yeah. those like that that stuff from that was Blood Money, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. was just so cool. Yep. And I guess I haven't played a Hitman game since Blood Money. Well, other than Hitman Go. I think yeah. it was just the absolution. Man, between the two. Hitman Go has uh, Blood Money levels in it. I know. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, but yeah, I, it, it just wouldn't be surprising if a like greatest hits pack from past Hitmans showed up or whatever. Hitman in Team Fortress 2. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I the think Hitman they... spy pack where you just, yeah. Or you're in. You're just a waiter. <laughs> Uh, one of those big missile silo maps, and there's just uh, TF2 guys walking around. Get yeah. ready for that to appear for real. So I think the um, I think the contract, the user contracts. Um, I'm sorry for not knowing more about this, but it is basically impossible to search for information on this. It really is. Um, it looks like you can uh, basically take existing content and like assign what the assassination mm. targets are and stuff okay. like that. And probably, yeah, they're probably, so it is just sort of like checkboxing versus yeah, like yeah, actual. Yeah. I don't, you're not like designing a level. You're yet. not yeah. taking NPCs and giving them paths and stuff. Right. Well, I figured, but yeah, that's there. Yeah. It's still cool. That's still, still cool, cool because you could, include. you could theoretically, like again, it just gets even more mileage idea. out of the, out of the mm-hmm. geometry that they shipped. Yeah. Yep. Kill the entire news crew. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that is, that is always great. Interview about, everyone in the level. <laughs> Oh man! As the cameraman, right, speak yeah. to these twelve people. <laughs> Capture footage, right? But a thing that is always like really, really great about good Hitman level design, and like I gather, Absolution was not. I gather from what I've, I, I understand, Absolution was a much more linear 
yeah. game and just wasn't. I played like a couple levels of that. I did too. I, I played really like the beginning of it, it and then I stopped. So yeah, I don't I really didn't feel like a real myself. Hitman game. Yeah. Um, but like good Hitman game, when you start a level, you, you're you kind of already overwhelmed with mm-hmm. how many, you know, like just usually right from the beginning, it's like I can go straight up to the plate. Like it usually yep. starts you out looking right up at the place you're going to go to, but then you can go left or you can go right. And those both already have like people to overhear and paths to go down and like yeah. weird places to sneak around. And, you know, I, I remember starting the, um, the Paris level and seeing the camera crew and being like, oh man, that is like the promise of that is already really crazy. But like, I'm just going to go this other way. I didn't like, mm-hmm. do anything with it, but I'm like that already just paints a really cool picture of, Yep. you know, what you could start to do. The thing I'm interested to find out, because um, I haven't poked at the systems enough yet, but I, I really want to know how the kind of like triggering works in terms of those, um, you know, actual like crafted little moments that sort of move the plot of the level forward. Because yeah, I was my, really I, curious about that too. My recollection of Blood Money is that that stuff was on a real time like clock basically everything just moved forward and didn't wasn't triggered by anything right. that you were doing that's my recollection like of it. You i might just you could once you got to a certain point in the level you could just stand still and everything would play out and you'd lose basically i think the second you loaded the level up that was true i think there were a I lot of like you would lose but buffers. you might lose on specific yes oppor- yeah like, that's oppor- true i think that's true yeah i think basically there were yeah that's right i think you're right because there were now i'm thinking about like the, the sort of like new orleans uh steamboat level and there are like different ways to complete that, but at the end of the level, the guy always just kind of moves up into a room at the top of the ship and just stays there. Um, but like all that stuff is moving, kind of it's everything's in motion, mm-hmm. um, as I recall. And I think in this game, unless I'm like I need to play it more, but I think they're basically you're you know I by observation a, yeah. you're changing it. You know what I mean? Like I you're you, the combina- second you like yeah. listen to a thing, a guy then moves, and I it's a little bit. I think it's a combination of of triggered in real time so that yeah. you trigger things that then set off really like long real time okay. cycles, right. you know, but um, for, because one of the things you can do for instance, and this isn't, again, it's not really a spoiler because it's been shown a lot in trailers and like whatever it's, there's again, there's so many other options as well, but in the Paris level, which is a fashion show, you can dress up as this like star fashion model. Mm. And I, I assume like walk out onto the runway and like, Whatever, and the I... The Hitman's, like, fantasy uh, mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, all of my years of, of dressing uh, up, well, sing up, funny, now I'm on the runway. Is, I was, like, I was, I was near some people who were involved in the fashion show, and I was dressed up as, like, um, I, I think a security guy or, like, mm. an event crew guy or something, and someone was like, huh, that guy looks just like this this guy. That guy looks just like Helmut Kruger or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, oh, like the, like the, the guy, model? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who's also bald and has the tight <laughs> right. cheekbones and everything. And I found that guy and I sort of followed him around a bit. Oh, you could then, have lived your dream. Well, I know, but I couldn't, I couldn't get him alone. And so and then at a certain point, it was like well, his helmet at, at, a, at a certain point, the game just like told me you've lost, this is now over. You've lost your opportunity to do this. Mm, um, okay. And so and my suspicion was, that, okay, that's like, good. Yeah. So my suspicion was to, to your also, your suspicion was that. I probably did something that like started the fashion show schedule. Like I found the actual schedule of the fashion show that shows like okay. when the people are going on. I don't know if that started when the level loaded or if that started when right. I like became aware of it in some way. Or when you were identified as looking like the model or who knows, right? Yeah, who, probably not that because I could imagine you could still do it without you anyone f- yeah. making that observation. Yep. But that could be one of the things that can you Can you know. disguise yourself as a notable but hated fashion critic? <laughs> <laughs> 
that's the character that I want you to be. I want oh, you to be oh the, God, the, yeah. the snooty shithead who everyone right. can't help but respect because they write amazing pieces, right. but it's just an acerbic piece of shit. So everyone just treats I'm you like garbage. Impressed. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, did you see uh, uh, here? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh. Of course I read his latest piece. Yeah, right. you're in the bathroom yeah. waiting for someone else, but you hear someone else vomit out of anxiety because, <laughs> right. uh, because you're there. Uh, and then you kill them. Right. Oh, man, I want that fashion critic because I want them to say something really snooty and shitty about you right before you knock them out and take their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very creative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barcodes are in this year. They just, yeah, they just the guy just talks about how shitty helmet looks. This yeah. like, as like this is what you're wearing, and then you strangle that person. Yeah. <laughs> Want to take a break? Yes. Sure. Yes. Yes. Video games. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by MIT Press. MIT Press has been publishing the Playful Thinking series. Uh, these are small books about gaming that are written by people who have all different perspective on games. So people who make games, but also academics and people who think about games from different angles. There's just a, def- a bunch of different um, people involved in this. And I have an important note from an email. Um, we've spent the last two weeks of ads um, for MIT Press completely in the dark about one Jesper or Jesper Jewel or Yule. Um, Chris Carrick writes in, Hey Thumbs, I'm an MIT graduate student writing my master's thesis on breaking systems, including games. So I'm going to save the rest of this email for the reader mail section, but I will fast forward to his postscript in which he writes, It's pronounced Jesper Yule as if the J's were wise. His his actual slogan on his business card says Jesper Jewel the J's are wise, <laughs> but it's spelled W-I-S-E because he's a game academic. <laughs> His name has two J's in it. So, Get it? See? Jake. Sorry, MIT Press, that Thanks, I made Jake. this ad. <laughs> so, the Jesper Yule, he is the author of uh, a book called uh, The Art of Failure, an essay on the pain of playing video games. And this this book is essentially about how games are a very unusual entertainment medium in that in a lot of cases, what you're doing most of the time is failing again and again and again, and why we enjoy this, even though in a lot of cases it makes us frustrated or unhappy, why the experience is still on balance a positive one. That's, I think, a really interesting um, topic for a book. So that is one of the books in the series. There's about half a dozen. The series is called Playful Thinking from MIT Press at mitpress.com slash idle thumbs. Thanks, MIT Press. Thanks for that awesome URL. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is also also brought to you by Harry's. Ooh. Yes, Harry's sends high-quality shaving equipment directly to your door, your home office or whatever other door with a mailing address. Nice. Yep. Ooh. They will send you a kit that has the razor, the shaving cream, the blades, um, you know, just a nice little, very like space efficient box that they will send over. You can go to harrys.com and use the offer code thumbs and you will get $5 off, which will bring that kit down to $10, which is, I mean, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's only $15 to begin with, um, but you can get it for only 10 with the offer code thumbs. If you already have, um, some Harry's equipment and you have not 
use the Idle Thumbs code, you can get $5 off anything else as well. Uh, if you go to harrys.com and use the promo code THUMBS, you get $5 off. Um, they, the thing that is nice about the Harry's website is that their entire list of products fits on one page. Like they just have a link that just says products. There aren't like five different kinds of blades and razors. It's just there's the handle, the blades, and then shaving cream, shaving gel. They have a face wash now. They have a nice little travel kit with that very nice looking, like really thick stitching. Um, that's pretty cool. The basic stuff you need for shaving and it's just all there. You can reorder it on a like monthly basis, however you do it. Uh, really, it's just good. Good all around service. Harry's.com and the offer code thumbs. That is H-A-R-R-Y-S. True. That is what it is. It's like a guy named Harry, not like hair, not like a hairy guy. No, it's Harry's and they will make you not that. Harry's.com and the offer code thumbs. Games. Building a PC is not hard. The hard thing for me is like the sourcing well, every part, sourcing and like, every part, and then like you know clipping the wires and like getting. Oh, the that's fans the part. That's the part that, that I actually shit. like doing. The part that I don't like anymore is like which of these well, fifteen GPUs I, that is the same chipset, but I, one of them has three stars and one has five. Oh, fucking why? Yeah. Like well, that, that part, I don't. I hate that. I hate it too. I, now, if I can be like. Man, give me a GPU that is about the one that I want, that I'm sure yeah. it's going to be fucking fine. Oh, yeah. good. I have good frame right now. Yeah, like, yeah. hooray, ta-da. <laughs> That's the part I like. I hate the... I hate fans because they... Like, there's an, it's inevitable that one fan within a week will go. And then really? the, the idea of like, happened. oh, I've God. Fan fail. Oh, I've had so many fans fail. So many <laughs> failed fans out there. <laughs> Shitty fans. Lazy devs. Video Whoa, we're back. Hey. Oh, hi, Jake. Oh, hey. So a lot of people wrote us in about the like accidental Nazi bot that Microsoft made. Yes. Tay. Tay. Tay the Nazi. The best thing about, not the best thing. It's it's really, it's really. (laughs) Nothing is the best about this. This is. It's. It's, that's, I mean, that is true. Um, <laughs> well, that's all. It's not it is true really, at all. I think it's really appropriate. It cra- I haven't really seen anyone comment on this, although I'm sure someone has. I just haven't read the thing about it. But it, it's really, I think, appropriate that Microsoft, the name for this they chose was like also Taylor Swift's nickname. Like this was clearly intended to be like your fun millennial friend who's like totally, you know, like a goofy goofball. Yeah. The actual tagline was like the AI with zero chill. Yeah. Right. Did you point out that this is a Twitter bot? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Microsoft made a Twitter bot called Tay (laughs) last week. And, uh, the idea of this is that as people replied to this bot, um, she would learn more sort of, just natural language and would be able to over time increase her vocabulary and her ability to converse with people on the internet. So they gave her just, you know, various sort of canned responses initially. Um, but she was, uh, intended to like become, um, an increasingly prolific and capable conversation bot. And then within what, like a day within Uh, a a couple of hours. Oh really? Within a couple hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, because I was like reading the tweets and thinking, like, "Wow, all right." Um. So on the first day <laughs> that this bot was released, yeah. the the internet, what I assume must have been like a concerted effort, probably by places like 4chan and Reddit. I ge- I guess uh, probably just like I places mean, where huge number of of people congregate and can like sort of have the ability to coordinate with one another. Um, managed to turn this 
robot into like a virulently racist, sexist, fascist, like hate spewer. Well, it seemed like a shotgun blast of just that and then like some things that were fine and some things that were completely right. innocent and innocuous. Sure, and, and, like, of course, because it's the internet. But then so also have, like of all things, right. but like trolls will just, ensure that right. the, the it was an aggregate thing. kind of reflection yeah. of Twitter and what Well, it not is. really, because what happens with stuff like this is so, part of it's the the sort of harmless stuff is the aggregate because it's just people just being like, oh, this would be funny. But usually the most terrible stuff ends up bubbling to the surface because the people who are feeding it that are doing it intentionally as a troll and so they will go out of their way to coordinate the you know what i mean like yeah it's 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 a testing the fences thing too i think where you look at this like microsoft put out this bot that a bunch of people are following can i make it reply to me using the n-word right can i make it say hitler oh my god i can make it do both those things okay everyone feed it as much of right. that as you exactly. possibly can because then it will happen you know um i think once you once you find once yeah once those once people find those weak points that just becomes like yeah, they'll exploit them for that's like damage. yeah that's the funnel that everything is squeezed into and that's all that comes Dynamic out the crap. back end so right. the, the bot was created by microsoft's technology and research division um and apparently there was a, a version of this bot that was running in china since late 2014 that it had 40 million conversations quote unquote without major incident <laughs> of course of course there were but then once they unleashed the 19 year old american the English girl language world uh in the english language it, yeah yeah it's all hmm. over so <laughs> we have this robot that's been working perfectly let's put it into the culture that decapitated hitchbot <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did we we talked about Hitchbot, right? That oh, hitch, yeah. that hitchhiking robot that hitchhiked like around a bunch of the world and then got oh, to in Canada. Uh, hitchhiked around fun. Canada and then yeah. it got to America and its head was cut off. <laughs> in like a day too. It yeah. was like very yeah, it was, it very was still soon. in like Pennsylvania. Like, yeah, like, yeah. They crossed the border and then got like you know. things that seem funny but are actually really just depressing and oh, reveal yeah. oh, the yeah, truth yeah. about everything are yeah. these things. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, oh man, bad. it's so bad. Yep, yeah. yeah. Um Vice Motherboard put an article up, I think, uh, I guess this is the 30th, so they put it up last week on the 25th called... Oh, How- yeah, we should, again, remind everyone about this. This is an yeah. old yeah. recording. This happened This happened a few days ago, but uh, Vice, Vice put up an article called How to Make a Bot That Isn't Racist, where they, it's actually a great read. They interviewed okay. a bunch of a uh, bunch of people who actually make Twitter bots either professionally or like just are sort of like... The people who do that, like like uh, Darius Casimi yeah, and, right. uh, and that crew, um, it's a it's a good read because these are people who have made social interacting Twitter bots that can reply back and forth or that aggregate news headlines or like uh, Rob Dubbin was interviewed on this as well, um, who made I think like the most popular hilarity hilarious fake teenager you can talk to. It's a Twitter bot named Olivia Taters. Oh yeah, that's a really which good is bot. like I don't know how Olivia Taters works, but it's like a weird absurdist responses to you kind of in the language of a teenager but Mm -hmm. they all talk about how they've been running twitter bots for a long ass time that don't do any of these things how much of that is exposure though right i mean it is it it, far more people know knew about tay within an hour than ever have seen olivia taters yes that is that is totally true but there is like the he said like a lot of the people (laughs) a lot of the people who do twitter bot stuff and they talk about this in the article they use um word and meaning databases and there's actually like a shared active list of phrases and of like right. possible uh word combinations that you should just null out on your bot so you're still there's still going to be things that happen but like 
they it talked about how much Microsoft looked into that and what seems to, what that bot seems to filter versus what it doesn't. And there's like internal Microsoft stuff that is filtered, but not all sorts of crazy racist and sexist stuff because they just didn't seem to. It just wasn't in the consciousness of the people who made the right. who made it. Presumably because they hadn't. They, I, it feels like people getting so excited about doing something new that they forget that maybe other people have done it before and learned a mm-hmm. bunch of lessons and didn't look any of it, it up. It seems weird. It seems weird if that's the case, though, right? Like, I mean, I, I wonder. I would. They just they stood on the shoulders of geniuses. Uh. <laughs> like, but I just mean it seems strange that they wouldn't have done that due diligence at right. all. Like, and maybe yeah, they, no, maybe they didn't. But I I wonder how much of it is like partially that they didn't do that, but also that they did try and take safeguards and then all like partially people just got over the wall basically. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just Mm. like even, I mean, even, I mean, in the same sense that like even the most encryption, you know, like what seems like really powerful encryption will eventually get cracked by somebody, you know, when you just have this many people all banging on something with the explicit goal of turning, making it terrible. But that the thing that this article says, I mean, it actually like, writing about Tay gives gives credit to that, like to say like they probably did make a good faith effort, but it also eh, I mean the the, the sure. counter argument to that is that robot can just literally use words that should not yeah. be permitted. No, I mean that's that's that is true. Like just yes. right off the bat, you just right. sh- like it shouldn't be allowed and mm-hmm. and it is. So that makes you wonder like if you f- if you fail the test of just literally blocking certain words or phrases, what else are like no matter how much other like high level intelligent uh, attempts to filter things out, you 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 fail a pretty easy test yeah. of just like not using the Twitter bot maker's shared block right. list for yeah. hate speech. You know that's, that's that's totally fair. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it turns out that the internet can corrupt even of uh, oh man, yeah. whatever this is. Well, this is this is exactly th- this reminds me very much of the. We talked about this, I think, on the previous episode, right? You Nick, guys talked about that robot face, yeah. right? The robot face who, the, at the end, the guy is like, will you destroy humans? Please say no. And then before he can say, please say no, the robot's like, yes, I will destroy humans. And he's like, no, no, I take it back. Don't destroy humans. But like, that reminds me just of, right? Like, I mean, it's it's defeating the idea. And then regardless of what the... Imagine that robot face with the AI of Tay. <laughs> Um, and the charisma of Donald Trump. <laughs> God, that's a very specific charisma. If, did you guys see? I don't, well, I don't, it's apparently a. I guess get it's you, can, one. you yeah. know, get, get you in the running for a presidential nominee. Did yeah. you see the? Um, I think it was an MIT uh, experiment, but some research group has made this software. I think I it, tweeted it plants this a series of advertisements on podcasts for <laughs> video game books. <laughs> Maybe it was Carnegie Mellon, but it's um, it's this team of people, and they made um, they made this software that can basically face replace in real time. Uh, but then like drive it's really gross drive like so like basically it's like a guy sitting in front of a camera and then donald trump and like it's just like 
it's basically like Donald Trump is like the mo-capped version oh, of yeah, the guy who's talking. So it's like a, perfectly taking control of this yeah. guy. And it looks it's still re, it's it looks like, really it's, good. It's it still looks got really a good. little it's, bit on Candy Valley, but they're so a little close. Bit. It's, so close. it's close enough. The best video like, that I've seen with that technology is someone did uh, a sing-along to We Are the World, and they just had all of the faces of all of the celebrities queued up so they could just change their face to be any of them and sing as them. It was very good. <laughs> Weird. It was really creepy. Yeah. But also really enjoyable and also really bad. But what's the point of that? If were, were they changing the words or something? Or what's the reason for just having them do the same thing as they were already doing? I mean, it was the person, it was their, a person acting all of the, all of the singers. Oh. Like it was a lip sync video, but they were face replacing all oh, of the weird. different like celebrity faces yeah. who sing solos oh, in We Are The World. Wow. Yeah. So like, I think it was a split screen yeah, where you saw the that. guys, or no, you just saw his webcam at the beginning. Okay. So what we need now is the, is we need people to combine this with that like acapella app that's been really popular where people can mm. like post their six faces to Twitter or Facebook or whatever. It's but like, they could just all be but they're just all like Donald Trump Putin or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're all world leaders. This is going to be in- okay. So here's an, an, another interesting overlap. The all of the Nintendo NX like prototype stuff that has been I think debunked by now. The people Again, who made was, it debunked it. Right. Okay. All that stuff was just oh so the, the NX stuff. I don't know if you want to explain what this is. Yeah. Go ahead. Go so ahead. NX is Nintendo announced we have new hardware that's uh, after the Wii U. It's called the NX. And they haven't said anything else beyond that. But a couple patents for other Nintendo things have come up, including one that looked like a gamepad that had a weird, uh, like, oblong, like, squished football-shaped video screen in it that had two controllers coming out of it. And people put up mock-ups. Well, not mock-ups. People put out what purported to be leaked uh, cell phone snaps of people's NX prototypes, and they were fucking weird looking. It was like a mirrored surface uh, LCD display that had two analog sticks coming out of it, and it was shaped like a football, basically. It was it was fucking weird looking. Um, and then another screenshot came out that was an even more convincing one. People were like, oh, this is real. And then it turned out one of them was a guy who was just was really good at 3D modeling, and he 3D modeled an NX into a photo, and then someone else who suspected that it was fake, and who also had a product fabrication uh, hardware available to them, just made yeah. a mock, like a real version of that guy's mock-up, and then took more photos of it, and they both looked equally convincing, but one was... Uh, well, and then, and then the one oh, and someone made video had, had video that made it look as though Zelda, whichever, Twilight Princess or whatever it is, was... I think it's the new one. It's oh, the, unnamed New Zelda. Okay, was like, was running on the like touch screen that one admitted to be a mock-up though that one was just like they they distorted the perspective off of the render to make it look like a good a good view and said here maybe this is how the yeah. ui on this is gonna work right yeah but like the combination of the ability of like having in sort of just consumer available 3d printing and then also having all of this crazy like video reconstruction of people means that like hoaxes yeah. Are, I mean, the, the line to determine what is a hoax and what is legitimate, like pretty soon is well, going to reach a level where you're going to where it's going to become really hard. The moment that Major League or the like uh, NFL games started to draw the like the the downline on, oh, yeah. on under the, screen, the players under yeah. live video. Yeah. And then also started swapping out the ads on the sides of, re- of like yeah. soccer games in real time. When I saw all that stuff happening on broadcast TV, it was like, OK, in 10 years. Yeah. 
that's just going to be in, inside your iMac. Like you're just going to, whatever one you buy, you could just press a button yeah. and the internet gives you a webcam that then you can just, inst- Do just all this shit yourself. set a thing next to you on a desk that isn't real and then move your camera around and it'll just work. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, if we're not there now, we will be there the moment consumer VR and AR headsets come out because then right. motion tracking cameras are just going to be inside your house all yeah. the time that have like full six point tracking and also a camera like your vive camera will just let you hoax the shit out of everything forever (laughs) because it is built literally to let you put a 3d object into a world that you then have a camera that is tracking it so you can pretend on the other other hand like 3d like stupid gifs people make where they like put a funny face oh that's the thing that's uh, gonna become even more really good yeah (laughs) yep yeah it's weird anyway no, 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 it's it's good stuff. Yeah. So anyway, weird world. Um, you guys want to do some some reader mail here? Yeah. Okay. Robot news concluded. That was robot news, I guess. Oh right, it was robot news. We didn't acknowledge that it was robot news, but it but it was. Thanks everyone. Yep. All right, so I guess we have the uh, the email fr- the I should probably read the remainder of the. Uh, the email from the um, MIT person who's Chris Carrick, who writes, Hey Thumbs, I'm an MIT graduate student writing my master's thesis on breaking systems, including games. Like Steve mentioned on the cast, games can be hugely locked down or black boxes, and my goal in my thesis is to make the case for breaking games as an important practice for individual users, players, to better understand the systems they interact with. It's still early days, but I've been doing some art for the project. My Katamari Damacy breaking, which I called Katamari Dreams, and he has a, he has a link to this. Um, but, uh, he says, uh, the page may not load all the way in case it doesn't. It's a huge gallery of screenshots and gifs of different, uh, breaking in the different things breaking in the original Katamari Damacy. This was done on an emulated copy of the game using a memory editor to change values during play. Most of these were created by switching which level was being loaded as the game was attempting to load the levels. I'll eventually argue that this breaking of the game has given me an insight in how Katamari Damacy treats its levels, object placement, animation routines, etc. on a design level without ever truly lifting the curtain on the black box. Breaking stuff was what my whole graduate education is about, so I was really happy to hear about it on the cast. Chris. Then PS, he has the thing about yes, but yep. rule. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, I, uh, I don't ever do stuff like this. I guess we talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. What two weeks ago, maybe? Yeah, people There's, who do that stuff, I always find really impressive. But like, basically, my love, my tinkering of that type stopped when I did not have a game genie anymore basically right. <laughs> so here's, a, here's an email related to this since we probably don't have a lot to say on the topic sora thompson writes i heard you talking about trainers on the last idle thumbs so two weeks ago i guess and wanted to chime in and say that both trainers and let's call them the evolved version of them is still very trainers much evolved <laughs> the first is just the hacks used in online games like counter-strike aimbots and such like that but the second is more interesting game playing bots are actually big business Automated bot entities that farm for you whatever resource you want. Uh, Abe's. Sell for money. World of Warcraft bots were particularly popular for a while, farming gold, etc., for the spammy gold sellers on the, in the game without the need for any person to actually play the game itself. There's a lot of good language in this. Yeah, spammy yeah. gold sellers. Spammy gold spammy. sellers. Yeah. Spammy gold seller. He's, that's definitely an old-timey guy. Yeah, that, uh, it's one, of, um, one of those spammy gold sellers. 
I've, I myself briefly entertained the idea of making a Dota 2 bot to play the game and farm for items I could later sell on Valve's own marketplace after I encountered a chat spam bot playing the game in a match. It was playing badly, as in probably the game's own bot AI just rigged up to play, while spamming links for a Tom Clancy game that had released recently. What? <laughs> what? I hope Ubisoft fucking released this bot into Dota 2. Oh, man. <laughs> Where are all the players on Steam? They're playing Dota 2, sir. Yeah. We think we can inject a chat bot that tells them to play The Division. <laughs> oh, man. I don't man, know. Man, I you- love this chat. I love this bot. I love that there's a bot in here. Beating me at Dota, I should go play that. He's, tell, he's telling me to play the division. <laughs> I guess I should go do it. I love this guy. I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> what a great thanks, bot. chatbot. I don't know. So once you write a hatbot, that is what actually needs to be written. Mm. They need to just generate a thousand <laughs> codes right. for division hats, and then it goes in. But that thing would turn into a Nazi so fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's> <laughs> it would somehow be giving out real, be giving out Mein Kampf, yeah, Dota items that it somehow yeah. approved through Greenlight. <laughs> or through the marketplace. So the the reader continues, I don't know how many people were convinced by a useless teammate ruining their game and spamming links yeah. to play a different game when they were already playing a game, but it happened nonetheless. <laughs> Regardless, these sorts of things evolved out of the same cheating trainer programs of yesteryear and today, since both are called bots regardless of how much of the game they actually play for you. I guess I'm not building to a point, so I'll just end this email awkwardly by saying it's at an end. That's how we end this podcast, so I guess that's appropriate. That email was written by a bot. Our podcast is hosted by bots, so... (laughs) True. That email was not written by a bot because it had all sorts of good phrases in it. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's true, yes. Which bots we we know don't don't have good phrases. Rarely. Um, So Jeffrey Southers writes, Hey Thumbs, I'm Jeff, a longtime listener and one of the devs on a game called Sumer. Sumer was showing at the Indie Mega Booth during GDC last week and I had Chris play around. Chris, thanks for playing and providing feedback. Um, and then he has a link to the the build on Itch.io. Um, uh, they have an Itch.io page. The game called Sumer, S-U-M-E-R. So, like Sumeria? Yeah. Um, so he says, uh, oh, they're going to do a Kickstarter, etc. You have a great podcast and excellent network. Thanks for the wonderful hours of game criticism and thought. All the best, Jeff. So I mainly read, read that email because it reminds me to actually talk about this game that I played uh, called Sumer, which is r- a really unusual and interesting game concept. Nick, I would actually be interested to play this game with you. Um, Jake, you might like it as well. It's a, it's kind of like a, it's an attempt to, to translate a board game into a video game environment, but not by just literally transposing it in the way that like the Xbox Live Arcade version of Settlers of Catan is or something. It actually makes use of things that are part of video games, like real time competition and stuff like that. Mm. But all the rules and underpinnings have the sort of resource-driven, like, turn-based scoring that a certain kind of, uh, you know, uh, resource-gathering board game has. You know, like, um, I, 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 it's been too long since I've been into that kind of video game. I, we went through a period of a couple years where we played a bunch of those, but it's been a while now, so I can't remember. But, like... You know, the most obvious example that a lot of people know is Settlers of Catan, where you have to mm-hmm, collect mm-hmm. resources and you can do things with them and then eventually you're scored. Um, and this game has elements like that, but I'm sure it's drawn from other board games whose names I either don't know or can't remember right now. But it's very, very odd. I mean, like, it's 
it's a really interesting concept, the way you have to split your brain between thinking about these long-term, like, oh, do I go after this kind of resource or do I go after that kind of resource? And there are trade-offs for both. And like, what strategy are the other people's, other people who I'm playing against using? And how do I try and like take that into account? But then also there's, there are components of it that it's like literally the first person to run to this thing and like grab this resource for the turn gets it. You know, or like there are some things that are scored based on who did it first and who did it last and so on. Um, and it feels it's just such a unique concept. It was hard for me to really get my head around after only playing the tutorial and then one or part of the tutorial and then one game's worth. Because also like a board game, you kind of have to sacrifice your first playthrough you basically have to sacrifice that to like yep. just the yeah. rules of like, okay, now I get what all the different components are. Right. Um, and this has that as well. Um, but it's, it's really cool. It's just a very unusual, clever idea. And by the time I was done with it, I wanted to play more of it. Nice. So I wanted yeah. to just make sure I talked about it. Um, so it's it called, sounds cool. Yeah. It's called Sumer S U M E R. And I guess they have an itchio page. Did you end up playing off world trading company? No, not very much. I played. I, I, I'm game. sure that game is incredibly different. Did you ever talk about it on the podcast, Nick? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. A couple. We times. should. I know Jake did. I'm sure that game is going to come back around. It's been in. It's been in like even like pre early access, just like entirely pre order alpha and beta for a while. But I, I would love to check back in on that game when it comes out. I only yeah. mentioned it because it seems like the configuration is very very different. But that is a game that has that activates my board game brain and like real time uh, yeah. brain at the same time mm-hmm. uh, in a way that. To, this to, is this is much more literal than okay. that. It looks like a board game board, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a good. That is a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was a cool thing. I I was just wandering around the um, like indie mega booth at GDC, and, and this guy grabbed me and said, "Play my game." So I did. Cool. Uh, David Siegel writes, "Hey there, thumbs. Long time, first time. A few weeks ago, I was walking to the bus on my way home from work when you began discussing Doug Doug. A little background. In June of last year, I released my first full game." full meaning not just a jam game, called Doug the Endless Digger. It is, as it says, an endless digger. The player can only dig left or right and tries to dig down as far as they can while avoiding rocks and bombs and collecting gold for points. There are light physics interactions inspired by Spelunky. Rocks detonate bombs, explosions throw rocks, etc. I missed the part where you said the name of the game you were discussing, so it sounded like you were discussing my game. I was incredulous. As I have maybe a few dozen users on that game, but at the same, I was excited. Why would Remo be discussing my game? How would he have found it? I thought. I was really excited for a moment, as anyone would be having a small project talked about on one of their favorite casts. As you went into more detail, I had the following realizations in this order. One, wait, these are some features not in my game. (laughs) This must be a similar project to my game. Two, this sounds more polished than my game. Shit. (laughs) Three, they used the same stupid pun that I did. I'm the worst. (laughs) Basically, I went from being all proud to doing the Charlie Brown sulking walk all the way to the bus. Oh, no. Oh, man. Um, Anyway, I've gotten over it, but I thought I'd share. My game is still available on the Google Play Store if you're interested in giving it a look. Thanks for being awesome and also reminding me that my ideas are worthless. Dave. (laughs) No. (laughs) Man, I'm sorry about that. Video games. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, someone had the same idea as you and released their game like uh, three days before you. Games. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, Ugh. especially with mobile. You know, oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse Oak writes in with some with some supplementary robot news that I don't think we've mentioned or I wasn't aware of this. <clears throat> he says apparently Domino's now has a pizza delivery robot in Australia. Oh, 
Were you, were you guys I am a fan of, of their chatbot. That when you order their pizza, there's like a, a weird. There's a whole thing. Where oh, you're like, talking like, about the little website. The guy the like guy? talks to you. Yeah, and there's like yeah. It is the DRU Domino's robotic unit, an autonomous delivery vehicle built in collaboration with a technology startup Marathon Targets, filled with thousands of dollars worth of military robotics technology. Uh, converted to deliver fresh pizza to the residents God. of Queensland. Well, this just means that that Google selling Boston Dynamics, they just need to sell <laughs> sell those robots to Domino's, Domino's so that oh my a weird, God. A weird God, bee like, like camel can just deliver what? your pizza. The cyber world future would hit so much harder and so much faster if that military grade robotics company <laughs> yeah. just immediately got privatized, but not the private military to right. just fucking private brand companies right. where it's yeah. like Taco Bell. Yeah. So the thing that the the reason hold on hold on okay. then, I need to I need to like the fact no one comment on the fact that Nick tossed out a description of a big dog as a bee camel. <laughs> so robot like robot racism is, oh, yeah. is already here. And no, it's that's like, the thing. That you, fucking bee fucking get bee fucking camel. Bee camel taking my job. Oh, that's Jesus. fine. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, that thing is just going to be driven by Taybot, so it's just going to learn that and then repeat it to other people. Oh, man. He'll <laughs> be racist to his other robot friends. Like, just... Only, rob- or, only robots can call person... other robots B-Camels. <laughs> right, yeah. Or the, person right. Who, or the person who opens the door. Like, it, So this thing has a co- like a mobile-generated code that you have to input in order for it to release to get your the pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can't just like... Accost it so on the that like the wasteland like Mad Max mobs can't <laughs> right. tear this thing up and get the pizza out of it. Yeah. They can only tear the other parts of it apart to get the military God. grade technology that it's stuffed with. <laughs> this is which just is a regular car. You can just get inside the bottom this of a is car. Just, it does look like something just straight out of like a Fallout game, right? Like yeah, it's it just does. like a it totally weird like, a like 50s, it's that chunky like, swoopy 50s, like, white yeah. like, vision of the future. Right, you would so, open that and there would still be like a rotten pizza inside, <laughs> uh, and right. then and then like a note from the pizza man. These are my last words, Nick. You. So I'm hiding out in here. I don't know how long I can last. Military is just dumping all their tech into a domino, like Australian military tech into a Domino's pizza robot. You're proposing that Google dumps all of their Atlas Boston Dynamics shit into this other this stuff. That's because all of this stuff is already outdated. Because what a pizza should be delivered by is a drone. Like this stupid yeah, car. What true. a waste. What a, using that for a pizza. It's way more hilarious though. This little thing trundling around. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's way more hilarious. But I mean, maybe they just realized we could just have a quadcopter with a gun on it, and we think, don't need this robot. But, yeah, but 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 think about the like auditory like like Pavlovian oh, thing that would that would not occur. Auditory, the what? smell. It emits the odor like the fajitas. Right, right, on right. The, on the like sizzling but, but skillet. It's, yeah, it's like the ice cream truck and the. It fajita goes, truck. Yeah, it it's like a combination where you've got like, you rawr, 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 rawr. oh, it's the sound of the pizza man. Oh, <laughs> it just makes you smell hot, delicious, delicious pizza, and then you're like, oh, live pizza. And I place your right. order, and all those high-powered like, fans that are built into the big dog it, just so it can just stop off at your house on the way to where it's going immediately, yeah. right? And give you oh, the- pizza robots in your area. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. uh, like like lift line yeah, it's or like something. Lift line, yeah, where it tries to like generate the most optimum route. <laughs> to one, deliver pizza to the first target. Two, make it available to more people. And three, blanket as many neighborhoods as possible in the smell of fresh baking dough and right. tomato sauce. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, man. Four, yeah, we don't execute need- optional targets from the military. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, four, like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like on level four of the Hitman Escalation mission. I was just going to say, well, deliver six pizzas and right. kill two other assassins in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, just, kill two other two <laughs> delivery <laughs> robots. <laughs> delivery rival, rival like, robots. People yeah. are really noticing that Taco Bell smell <laughs> from that, like... <laughs> And it just becomes like, like robot the, wars, yeah, like just on the streets of San Francisco. Ends up becoming a military thing by default. Is that these like delivery food companies? This is just our corporate, our corporate military new, future. Right, they're eventually, eventually, you're allied with like one of the. <laughs> so um, oh, I'm, I'm with Chipotle, man. Oh man, yeah, sorry. There's like the Domino's pizza versus Taco Bell. No, like wars once laser guns show up and the dominoes one shoots red and blue lasers and the Taco Bell one shoot green and orange lasers we're fucking in it we're in Terminator but all those robots are yeah. actually ostensibly yep. crushing human skulls to get a pizza to right. some guy real fast to a yeah. dead guy <laughs> yeah to a guy that's already dead because the Taco Bell robot killed yeah. him was like oh you ordered a pizza hut or whatever ta- uh, dominoes right. they're just Sorry, just, Pizza Hut. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Domino's Pizza here, people. Right. Sorry. No, no. The sad little bot just standing in front of the door. <laughs> so enter code. Pizza enter Hut, code. Pizza and there's just a dead man on the ground years just, like, ago. for hundreds of years. Enter <laughs> yeah, code. His eyes just <laughs> yeah. zotted out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the actual cyber future that, that, is, that is all like dark Terminator shit and like snow crash stuff combines when Domino's Pizza has a military robot that delivers pizza that also just murders people. This uses all of the like (laughs) ad targeting demographic information that's been harvested about you over the years. Like all of the all the like different arms of our terrible future can collide. When that weird modernist Domino's Pizza tube kills a guy. (laughs) What if that thing runs someone over and it's like a tragedy, but then you realize that it was actually uh, a known like terrorist target? (laughs) <laughs> where it's like that guy was just walking across the street in a house where he lived and then that uh, the pizza or the Domino's robot killed him and like, it was oh, a, what a strange it was a tragedy a like strange. we have to regulate autonomous vehicles and then that that regulation just is immediately silenced right because mm. that guy was actually a military hit right yeah oh man get ready yep and then the blue and red lasers come flying out <laughs> 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 All right, well, I guess that was robot news again. I yeah. really now want someone to take the stupid Terminator battle sequences and do all of the motion-matching <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bullshit all we were talking about, talking about and just put stupid, right. like, cloth-simmed uh, Taco Bell banners flying <laughs> off of those robots and stuff. Give them pizza, give them Domino's paint jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, the, oh, man. Right before the robots no. burst into the base, you just hear the doorbell ding, and the guy walks up like he's going to get his pizza, then the door rips open, and they're all just killed by a bunch of chrome Well, no, robots. like, that, the scene where the Terminator... Like the Terminator comes in and actually like infiltrates. Yeah, he's carrying like he's a Taco be- Bell bag, but then when he comes in, it's like he's got a pizza under his arm, and everyone's like, "No, we ordered." We- <laughs> 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 Fucking tricked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then around <laughs> around the corner... Dogs can around, smell it. Dogs, dogs are trained, yes, the dogs are trained, trained to, to smell it. If the pizza Taco Bell guy or, pizza, or the yeah. pizza, how do they know which team it is? Around the corner, there's like the mangled corpse of a of a Taco Bell robot that all of its branding has been stripped off. <laughs> right. All the livery has been like stripped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they also learned a lot from Hitman. Right. <laughs> oh, very creative. <laughs> We have to invent an odorless fast food delivery robot <laughs> that looks like a person. Or just looks hmm. like Atlas. Yeah. Or it just looks like that weird face robot. <laughs> looks like that face yeah, robot. Right, yeah. The- yeah. <laughs> and just put that on Atlas. Like that thing just, 
I would kill all humans. Oh, that's fine. That's just one of those face robots. It's not. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not. It doesn't actually. It's not a food delivery <laughs> military <laughs> machine. <laughs> that's what you gotta look out for. <laughs> Don't order a fucking pizza. <laughs> Live off water and the amusing ramblings of this face robot. <laughs> All right, well. Is that the end of everything? I think that's the end of everything. That's probably the end of everything. Certainly us. Yep. That's the end of this video games podcast. Yep. (laughs) And all the other podcasts. True. Eventually. Yeah. Speaking of all the other podcasts, we've got a lot of great shows at idlethumbs.net, including the recently launched... Domino's Pizza Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The recently launched... We love Domino's Pizza. We love Domino's Domino's. Pizza. But not Taco Bell. Not Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) No, they uh, recently launched... Playscape Los Angeles. Yep, hosted by Teddy Deef, uh, one of the developers of Hyperlight Drifter. This is a show where every week, or actually twice a week, which is a crazy thing. He's going thing. crazy. Yeah. Twice a week, he shares an update with what's going on uh, with his game, Hyperlight Drifter, and then also, the then after that, the bulk of the episode is an interview with someone from the LA game scene, whether they're developers or some other person who kind of works in, in around that like whole community. Um, like press... YouTube personalities, voice acting, yep, all uh-huh. sorts of people. Um, so the first episode is up with Ashley Birch. Actually, by the time you hear this, the second episode will also be up. Um, I'm not sure who it is yet because he has a few different interviews recorded, and I'm not sure which one he's using as the second. But it's a really cool project, and uh, you can find it at idlethumbs.net slash playscape. And by the time he's, it's a limited run series, um, as you might imagine. And by the time he's done, like our hope is that it creates a really cool and diverse picture of the community of Los Angeles game people. Also something we are not ourselves involved in, but seems cool. Uh, there's a new project from feminist frequency. Um, you may remember, uh, Anita Sarkeesian of feminist frequency was a guest on this podcast about two years ago, I think. Um, She is doing a new project called Ordinary Women, um, a video series about like really interesting uh, women figures from throughout history whose stories should probably be better known than they are. Um, That project, I think, could use some help with funding right now. I actually wasn't even aware of this um, until a few days ago um, because it's being funded on sort of like a, I think, a newer crowdfunding website. But if you search for Ordinary Women... Uh, video series, you will definitely find it, and I'm sure that they would be extremely appreciative of any help. So check that out. Yep. Oh, what's next in the book club? Oh, uh, what's next in the book club, that'll probably be about a week from now, is uh, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. So read fast. Yeah, it, this book is actually totally, like, you can get through it pretty fast. It's not that long, and it re- it's like a, you know, it's about a, like a crime. It's like a, you know, sort of page turner kind of thing. It's really, it's good so far. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but I'm, I'm in the middle of it now. Um, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. You can find the Idle Book Club also at idlethumbs.net slash shows. It's up there. And uh, if you would like to send us email, you can do so at questions at idlethumbs.net. We've been getting some good email recently, as you can tell by the fact that we read some good email on today's podcast. <laughs> you can tell by that pizza yep. robot. We're on um, Twitter at idlethumbs. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. And... Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks. Tell a friend. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Goodbye. The more I take Bart, the more I discover that there's just weird shit. This is one that I, I have not seen, but Jim Crawford posted.
and it's just a sign that just says special and it doesn't say anything about where it's going or what it's doing <laughs> you can board it it doesn't say that yes yeah, special that six card board center and you're like well <laughs> i guess i'll get on this special train <laughs> but yeah occasionally there's just weird labels that feel like yeah. total inside bart language and yeah. people get on or off those trains and i look at i'm like i don't think i i okay whatever you are just go go away zingle dingle dingle Tinkles. Oh, a tingle. Oh, a tingle.